Welcome to Baseball Biz. I'm Mark Carpenter, your host, and with me today is Mr. Matt Germain. And if you don't know, you should know. Find Matt on Twitter. He's always got some of the best insights on the Rays. Matt's been an analyst with them. He's he's been a writer for D Rays Bay. You know, he's also been on uh, Rays Colored Glasses, and he's been on several other podcasts. I know you had your own as well. What was that with Matt? Basically, we we had a podcast named In the Tank. Uh, myself and one of the people from Race of the Roof kind of got together and had it going for a while and interviewed a whole bunch of players. It was a whole lot of fun. That sounds like it would be, man. And I love that In the Tank. And and for some of you who may not be Rays fans, that's a reference, I'm sure, to the Stingrays that you can come in there and pet <laughs> the in the tank at the, at the trough. But how are things going? My gosh, man. I'm looking at this, Matt. And I'm saying, what, we got three games left. You know, the American League has been a, a lot of confusion. Last week, White Sox, uh, they, they said, guess what? We're putting our, our uh, banner here in the ground. We're posting it and saying, and we're going to take Central. We have this division. The, the Rays came up, and, and they did the same with the East. Those were pretty well-defined things. But it wasn't until last night that we had somebody who was going to be the champion uh, leader for the West, the Astros. Are. Yeah, and the, the interesting part that I love most, and, and you can't script it any better, uh, it's sort of like that Mike Brasso moment with, that he had with the Roldis Chapman, where it just scripted itself to the perfect ending. And the only thing standing between the Yankees and a playoff spot are the Tampa Bay Rays. And I mean, to get three games where that decides their season, that's pretty epic. It is. And I was thinking it all along. I thought, well, guess what? Who, who could roadblock the Astros? You know, yeah, it could be us. You know, we, we could be the ones that do it. So there was when there were six games left and the Astros are looking at the first three of those being with us in Houston. I said, they better find out what's going to go on. But I, I thought for sure that we would walk away with two. And at that point also, man, I was thinking about the century mark. You know, the whole idea of now that we've already clinched the American League East, but getting to that 100 mark of of wins. And I thought we would have already had that done our first game with the Yankees anyway. Now it's a question. Yeah. Well, I've, I've said all along that, uh, that the Rays would get somewhere between 98 and 101 wins this year um, in that range. And, uh, and I said that preseason and I've maintained it all the way through. And now they have a chance to do probably 101. If, if things turn out the way I think they will. Yeah. It'll be interesting to watch this weekend series for sure. You know, and you can't take anything for granted. I mean, man, I, I listen to folks, some of the analysts, and say, well, we're looking here at the last six games, and I see the type of teams they're playing, and, and you know, they're kind of weak. Uh, what, who is it? Let's see, the, the Orioles? Oh, yeah, they're, they're kind of weak. Wait wait a minute. <laughs> what did they do to the Red Sox? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, what? So the Orioles came in, and they, they took two of three with the Red Sox. And I didn't see that coming if you'd asked me that two months ago. I knew that the Orioles had a good, strong team. You know, you had, uh, was it Ryan Mountcastle? You got uh, Cedric Mullins, uh, oh, Mancini. You know, those are the ones that immediately come to mind when I no. think of them. They, they basically, baseball's a series of moments strung together, right? And, and any MLB team can outdo another over those series of moments just with a couple of ones that highlight the entire game. I'll give you an example. Like we just watched the Rays and, and Astros series. And the Rays outscored them 12 to seven in the series. They only allowed seven runs in those three games, yet they lost two. 
So it's all about timing and things working together. And that's why the margins are so tight when you get in games with good teams. Well, let me ask you something here, too. I I know I I was surprised. And the first game in the series, it was like, oh, it was so painful to watch. I mean, you're looking there at the end and uh, see who was it? Was it uh, Fleming? Fleming is up and then Chagua. And it's like, well, uh, run after lace, you know, bases are loaded and you walk into guys to, to, to go ahead and lose the game. And, and that, that was hurtful, but uh, I feel, feel good about the team. That was just a very rough night. Right. You have to, the, the thing that was encouraging is that the stuff was there. Mm-hmm. It just, um, in Fleming's case, the pitches were executed. They just found holes. And so that part, I, I understand a little bit more than Chagua. Chagua was more of a, why isn't he throwing strikes? Yeah. And that is a more worrisome thing as you approach the playoffs. Um, but I was pretty excited to see Matt, Matt Whistler might be back. And, and I think that'll kind of sort out some of the roles and take some pressure off of him along the way. I'm looking forward to that too. And it's going to be interesting to see who that team is in the postseason. And the thing that comes to mind is how do you hold your cards as a manager at this point? You know, do you say, okay, I've got Shane Boz, Kevin Cashier's thinking, and he says, do I really want to play him before we get into the postseason? Some of these guys haven't seen Shane Boz. And if they don't see him, then maybe I have something I can work with if I need to fight these Yankees off again once we get into the postseason. What do you think about the, the mentality of that? I think the first and foremost, the Rays make decisions as a team. They get the analytics in there. They get the everything together to get together. It's not Kevin Cash sitting in a room on his own. Uh, probably like you would think Dusty Baker might do. That's, nobody's going to tell Dusty what to do. He has to touch and feel for what the Astros may need at a certain point in time. I feel like Kevin Cash is more of the kind that will actually sit down with his entire group and he'll come up with decisions. Now, what's interesting in their case, when they're going to the ALDS, first of all, they get rest. They get three days off. So I think the way they've laid out the rotation to end the season, we know the only thing we know for sure is Michael Walker will not be starting game one or two. That's the only thing we know for sure. Um, whether or not he's used in a relief role, I guess it'll depend on the situation and the matchups. Um, but we do know that Drew Rasmussen dominated teams in September. He saw the Red Sox twice, the Jays twice, and Houston, and he was elite all the way through the month. So to me, he's game one starter. And then you have Shane McClanahan and Shane Boz in game three. Now they can change their, their decision in game three, depending on how they feel the matchups work and what the outcome was of the first two games. But I do think they want Shane Boss to get that playoff experience. So to me, those are the three starters. And then afterwards, it, it depends on uh, who they think is ready. Maybe Michael Walker goes game four. I'm excited about it. I know in in both Shane's, <laughs> what you're saying, and Drew, my gosh, Drew has just become so strong, become so mm-hmm. effective. You know, we all look at our team at the beginning of the season, and we should realize that isn't necessarily going to be who we're looking at at the end of the season. And the Rays, I, th- I think they've had over 60 players at this point uh, on the team at one point or another. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a good thought. And, I mean, especially when you look, I, I drew it up. I have a tweet that's out there about it, if you, if anybody wants to look it up. But, basically, when you look at their staff, they only have one guy that threw over 120 innings, and that was Ryan Yarbrough, right? They have four guys that threw over 100 innings total. 
And then the, the, they were between 100 and 120. So they're really low when you compare that to a normal regular season. And then they had a ton of guys between 60 and 10 innings pitched. Wow. They had so many guys that came in. I think it was 17 guys that, that threw somewhere between there. They, they found ways to find innings. Some of them were veterans like Rich Hill, which gave us the May of our lives. And, and I mean, you have to tip their, your cap to him. And I feel bad because now he's with the Mets and he gets to watch the playoffs on TV. Uh, apparently he's coming back for next year uh, to play for someone. So, uh, but yeah, th- those are the kinds of things the Rays have been elite at doing is just finding ways to get the job done. And you could, I, I mean, you could read the script early in the season. We knew they were going to use veterans early and young guys late. And then everybody was sort of on board with that being the case. I just don't think a lot of people thought it would turn out as well as it did. Well, well you say that it's true. I mean, as far as the young guys coming on later at, the thing of it is, we look at the trades that Eric Neander's done. We look at the farm system that the Rays have, and it's not surprising, you know, to see these young guys come up and do so well. Uh, got a great group of coaches who who nurture these guys, whether it be in the minors or bringing them all up, working with somebody like Kyle Snyder with the pitching. There is such a good support system as if as they bring in new players or as they bring them up for the farm. I don't know anybody else that's doing as well. Uh, a job of it as well as the Rays are. Right. And it, I think it goes deeper with the Rays than a lot of other franchises. And I'll give you an example in terms of the Brewers, right? The Brewers tend to promote a lot of guys from double A to the majors for whatever reason. They have a really close relationship with that staff, I guess, because they trust what they're being told from that level, or they're more eager to get the guys up that have the most talent and they just happen to be in double A. In the Rays case, there's a reason that they did the Zoom stream with the Durham guys, because I don't think they're getting enough credit in Durham for the way they do the groundwork in, in turning a lot of those guys around. A lot of those guys that we're seeing, like Drew Rasmussen, went down to Durham and did the majority of their tinkering with how they approach things in Durham. Same way with a lot of the position players. Like they're doing the 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 base that Franco got in Durham helped him achieve what he's achieving this year. So we, we have to give a lot of credit to Durham and they're showing it now in the final stretch. They're seven and zero. I think they're, they're, they're going to end up, you know, having a good shot at 10 and oh, they have Tobias Myers going up today. So uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that finishes up too. Well, I, I'm excited about it. And I know anybody who's watching the Rays are and, and to see that nurturing at Durham, I've often said if I if I was gonna live in another t- city that with a ball team, it wouldn't have to be major league. I would go to Durham. That's like an exciting place to see the birth or the the training of of new talent. The the biggest challenge is if you're there in your local team, you, if they're getting great, you're not going to see them for very long. <laughs> well, you say that, but this year I would say they've had an MLB caliber team the whole season True. just because of the way the system's gone. So I would definitely get season tickets if I was in Durham and could afford it. Now that's for sure. hundred percent. Oh yeah. <laughs> and speaking of season tickets, uh, not season tickets, but I understood from a tweet from the Rays a little while ago today that postseason tickets are already going on sale for games there at the Trops. So that should be exciting. Right. I, I took a look at uh, what was available just like, haphazardly go through the stadium and see what was left. And uh, day two sales especially are really strong. Day one a little bit lighter, but I think they'll get there. Uh, it seems like it'll be a well-attended series for sure in the ALTS. And why not, right? It's, the, the tickets are affordable. 
and uh, the team is elite. You're going to see a phenom in his first playoff series. It's not going to be on the sidelines like last year. So uh, I think you're going to see a new level of Wander Franco in the playoffs. He's going to want to show up right away and make a statement. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. It is. And I've had the fortune, good fortune in the past to, to go to a postseason game with the Rays. And the sound in there can be deafening. Uh, whether it was Kiermaier making a great play out in center field, uh, G-Man Choi, you know, maybe he was hitting a home run. There were times I basically felt like I lost my hearing. There was just like white noise there. So, folks, make sure that you take your earplugs, your cowbell, uh, on all your Ray gear out there for the games here in the postseason of the Trop. You're going to have a great time. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm hoping that the uh, series is going to be against a rival that people will actually appreciate. I'm, I, I'm foreseeing, you know, if, if it were the Rays and the Mariners, I think that the uh, the attention on a national level might be a little bit lighter than it would be if it was the Yankees or or even the Jays. So uh, it'll be interesting to see who their opponent is. Who, who do you have going against them based on, on what's left? Well, you know, I'm glad you asked it because looking at those teams, I was, if you'd asked me three weeks ago, I would say Toronto, but the Yankees have just come back so strong, you know, in the last uh, week or so. I mean, they, they completely wasn't, they completely took it. Was it the Red Sox? Yeah. And, but then I see Garrett Cole really suffering the other day. So uh, I don't know. And I was, was it Robbie Ray? Okay. Robbie Ray with the Blue Jays. I said, that guy, he's, he's insurmountable. And the last night is he gets his teeth kicked in by the Yankees. Uh, was it, he had uh, three home runs against him in one inning. Okay, I'm going to go with a team I thought wasn't going to be doing even anywhere near here. I'm going to say we're going to be facing the Red Sox just for oh. insanity. Now, I don't think it's it's an insane thought at all because I, I can definitely see the Rays taking two of three from uh, from the Yankees. So if, if that's the case, uh, yeah, at a minimum, I'm going to even see a sweep being possible because like you said, that Jared Cole is their best starter. They're not going to see him. He's not going to be in the series. And if they do, it's on short rest. That's going to just wear him down even more. So Severino might be the Sunday starter. We don't know what to expect from him. We don't know if he's stretched out well enough to be a starter. Um, the two starts before that, they're going to see Montgomery. And they're going to see, who's the guy tonight starting? I'm drawing a blank. Uh, oh, it's uh, Cortez. Uh, Nestor Cortez is going up. And, and they've seen both of them. Now, the they both had success against them, but the Rays were able to wear them down to the point where they got them out of the game early. And to me, that is the key. The pen for the Yankees is very stretched out. Like Chad Green and the whole group have, have already exceeded their, their highest innings pitched in the season. So when, when Aaron Boone's looking down the line and throwing guys out there, he's leaning a lot on Severino and Holmes and Herman now because they're the guys who are fresh, who are just at it. And he can actually count on because the rest of the guys look like they're just beaten up. And, and that begs the other question. Let's say the Yankees do somehow get into the playoffs. How are they going to look pen wise when their guys are already on gas? <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting time. I don't know either, brother. I tell you, but like I said, it's, it's exciting. And, it, and looking like I said, the Rays got their last three games at Yankee stadium, the Red Sox, they're going to be what with the nationals and they're going to be, at, their, at the National Stadium. Let's see what else. Oh, Mariners. Mariners playing the Angels. So I think they got a chance. Uh, yeah. Toronto, the Orioles, and 
while I was kind of kidding earlier about some teams not being up to snuff, you look at the Orioles, you look at uh, the Detroit Tigers, what they've done as far as coming back. You look at the Cardinals. Yeah. You look at the Cardinals, a team that had Fangrass was given what, like two and a half percent of chance at the beginning of, of September saying, oh, yeah, they got two and a half percent chance of making the playoffs to bam. There they are. Mm-hmm. It's it's crazy times, I'm afraid. It is. And and, and the other thing to, to note, like you said, the series lined up the way they are. You can definitely see the Jays sweeping the Nationals and the Mariners sweeping the Angels and the Rays sweeping the Yankees, in which case you have the Mariners and, and the Jays squeaking into the playoffs for the wildcard game and both the Red Sox and Yankees sitting at home. I mean, (laughs) wouldn't that be something? (laughs) You're just, yeah. It's a crazy year, Matt. It's absolutely insane. I don't know. You know, and I think a lot of people thought Oakland, you know, would be possibly here, but uh, they, they fell out too, man. So it's, it's an exciting time for American league. That Chris Bassett injury just hurt them so much. Oh yeah. It took the soul right out of that team. Well, it was interesting watching the Astros celebrate last night. I hated that we were the one who gave them the opportunity to get the AL West, AL West rather. But it was it was fun watching uh, Dusty Baker. I love watching Dusty Baker anyway. But there he is. You know, he's been wearing that good mask all year long. And there is there celebrating. Not only does he have his mask off, He's pouring champagne or has poured champagne into a shoe and drinking out of the shoe. And it's like, oh, I, I understand the tradition, but I think I'd pass on that one. Yeah, I'm not an adopter of the shoe champagne for sure. <laughs> it's it's crazy stuff, I tell you. I got to say, going back to Toronto, I'm really curious to see how they're, how they're going to do. This is a team who has so much strength offensively. You look, whether you're looking at Guriel, you're looking at Vlad Jr., whether you're looking at, if you're looking at Marcus Simeon, who are you looking at? Anybody. There's so much strength out there. I really thought they would do better last night with Robbie Ray at the mound. So I don't know. They had their own future in their hands and they kind of, the whole, this whole month really. And, and they've kind of fell flat the majority of the times that they've been asked to press for, for wins. So that's a little underwhelming, especially when they had the playoff experience of last year. They had brought in Springer and Semyon, who both have good playoff experience. They brought in Barrios, who's been doing great for them. Oh, yeah. But I have a lot of uh, Jay's uh, you know, friends on Twitter and, and guys that I used to write with, and I tell them all the time, like the Jays made their pitching moves two weeks too late. If they had got done that Barrios move two weeks beforehand, they would be in the spot right now. They would have locked it up. So uh, I, it's too bad that their front office was so, I don't want to say lazy, but reactive, like kind of waiting till the very end before making that that dive. And I don't know why. Like you look at Alex Anthopoulos, if he would have waited as long, the Braves would not be in a playoff position right now. Like you've got to be proactive in addressing your holes. And I feel like the Jays waited a little bit too long. So, yeah, so we're going to see, man, uh, this wild card still up, uh, mm-hmm. three games left, and something new is being decided every night. So I, I'm excited about the American League. Uh, just a quick glance at the National League, because that, that, that's a whole other BCN we could talk about for uh, quite a bit. But you know, looking at the National League, it, it's interesting to see that there is not a National League West champion yet, and yet two teams have well over 100 wins for the season. That that still is mind-numbing to me. Yeah, and I have to be honest here. 
I am not a fan of the Dodgers. <laughs> I've seen enough of the Dodgers. They've been in the playoffs enough. I'm hoping that they're one and out. <laughs> I, whoever they play, I don't really care. I, and I, they've thrown an obscene amount of money to their roster this year. They're kind of like that team that, that just is trying to buy a championship. The same way that the Red Sox did a few years ago. And it's not, it doesn't leave the same feeling when you watch that team win. I mean, the Brewers go off and win the World Series this year. I will clap for them. I'll be happy for them. And, and I'll think that they did it in a great way. The Dodgers, nah, not so much. But I would say... It's interesting when you look at all the contenders across Major League Baseball, and I don't know if you've looked at this, how many of the contenders have links, clear, direct links to recent Rays. Oh, yeah. Friedman in L.A. You've got Click in the Astros. You've got Arnold in the, with the Brewers. You've got Bloom with the Red Sox. You've got the Rays. You've got, and, and, I mean, every single place. And then if you go to Atlanta, you've got Darno, Morton. Uh, you have a lot of links to, to the Rays as a whole. Honestly, and then you got Longoria in, in, in San Francisco and, and uh, even Jake McGee. So there's there's always something Rays-like to cheer for with every single team in the playoffs this year. It's going to be a lot of fun. Just avoid the White Sox. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I, I got to agree with you there, too. I know it's fun because I, I was talking about doing a, a future episode upcoming on the X-Rays. And, you know, and looking there, like saying in Milwaukee, the best thing that ever happened to Adamas was getting traded. I love him. Hated to see him go, but it's been the best thing in the world for him. You know, and you see Eric Neander's fingerprints everywhere. Uh, but, you know, Charlie Morton, I was surprised to see him and Darno go, but I know we're not going to pay much. I mean, we, we almost saw Zanino go, but we actually paid him less than we did last year. But a lot of these great players that we see elsewhere, I mean, they either started here or they, they stopped here. You know, when we're looking at the, the Rays again, too, there's been a sense that we need a veteran on the team. So we had, we had Charlie Morton. That was great. He gave him some guidance and he was gone. You know, we bring Rich Hill in and I said, Oh my gosh, you're getting rid of Rich. Oh, we're getting Nelson Cruz. There's another, you know, veteran who can, can kind of uplift the team, give them a little bit more sense of the history of the game. And I think a, a pride as well to be side by side with a giant like that. Yeah. It, it helps smooth the valleys is basically the way I see veteran presences, right? So you might, you'll still get the ups and downs of a baseball season, but they won't be as steep on both ends. Yeah. And then that's what Charlie Morton was uh, to the Rays pitching staff. And it's great. I, I keep telling people, they look at Joe Ryan and Drew Strotman as the, as the cost of that trade. I'm like, guys, Nelson Cruz and what he's preaching to that entire lineup and all those young players is going to last decades and it's going to feed that machine that they have. And I'm I'm actually of the mind right now that when I look at the Rays and I look at their minor league system and I look at the whole machine of costs, right, they are building a dynasty. They, they are really building a dynasty. You could foresee the Rays having the tools to build a perennial winner, sort of like what you've seen with the Dodgers, for the next eight to ten years being consistently in the playoffs. I can't see a team matching them at all. And, and that's despite all the talent that they've thrown around the league. I mean, they've thrown around more. Just to give you an example, they they had four top 100 prospects in their 2018 class. You know how hard it is to pick four top 100 prospects <laughs> in one draft class? That, that's insane. 
So, so when you're able to do that, you're feeding a machine that's just going 100 miles an hour and is unstoppable, to be quite honest. Like, they, they can literally do anything they want. They can dream it. It happens. You want to go get Cattell Marte? Go do it. You've got the prospects to do it. Like, it, it doesn't matter. It, it's just... So when you're sitting there as Eric Neander, of course you sign back on. You just build this dynasty machine. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> you're going to ride this train until it runs out of coal. <laughs> yeah, and and Neander has definitely got it going, you know. Uh, early on, it's like, who is this guy trading Longoria? <laughs> Yeah, this is one of his first moves. Yeah. Uh, man, I've come to love him. It just took me a little while. Oh my gosh. Oh, Matt, this has been great, brother. I, I love talking to you. you. You've always uh, got a lot to share with folks. And, you know, the one place to talk about where they can see the most is on Twitter. And, and what's your handle there again? It's uh, at Matt, M E T uh, underscore Jermaine underscore. If you want to stay on top of what's going on with baseball and certainly the Rays, Matt is the guy to do it. And Matt, you, you do a lot as far as the prospects. I love reading you and I can, can't wait to see in the off season, what you're putting up here, because there's a lot of information about those prospects that you were just talking about. That's a very exciting part of the game for me. And I think it is for a lot of other fans to say, what's next. And <laughs> you've got your finger on the pulse of it. I try my best, and I, I and hopefully it, it it has a purpose somewhere out there. That's all I have to say. Well, you 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 are as far as keeping us fans who are very uh, very much involved with the team, help giving us that extra insight. So again, Matt, thank you again for joining us today on Baseball Biz. We've been talking with Matt Germain, special analyst expertise, <laughs> special analyst and expert, uh, all about the Rays and more uh, when it comes to baseball. And we're glad to have him here. Man, here it is, the last three games before we get into the postseason. Keep those drums running, keep them marching, and raise up. You've been listening to Baseball Biz. As always, you can find us on your favorite podcast directory, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and more. Thanks again. And remember, you can also check us out on Twitter at TheBaseballBiz. Take care and have a great week. Special thanks to XTIC RUX for the music rocking forward. <laughs>